we punish our bodies so much as women. And then we don't understand why we don't have a good relationship with it, which is crazy. So if you talk to your best friend, the way that you talk to your body, they will not be your best friend very long. Right? Right. They're going to be like, peace out. I, I don't need this in my life. But yet you think that it's okay to do it to your body every day. And then you don't realize why your body isn't happy. Hey there, I'm Renee, a self-proclaimed shopaholic turned minimalist. In just three years, my family and I downsized our house, paid off debt, and I learned to make passive income online so I could work anytime, anywhere. We did all of this in pursuit of a life of more freedom, flexibility, and fun. And the crazy part is, the more I detached from my stuff, the more I was able to let go of pesky habits like people-pleasing, saying yes to everyone, and being who I thought I was supposed to be rather than showing up authentically as who I am. That's why I want you to see the Unstuffed podcast not as a place for all things decluttering and organizing, but rather as a place where together we can unload it all. From donating those pants that no longer fit to bidding adieu to those relationships that have run their course, I want you to see our time together as a time where you can unwind, let go, come as you are, and there is no need to apologize for the mess. So let's shed some layers, drop some dead weight, and start living a little less stuffed. Welcome to the Unstuffed Podcast. Hey there, it's me, Renee. Welcome back to the Unstuffed Podcast. I laugh when I think of today's guest because the battle for me to find the right pair of jeans was a really big one. I don't know if you guys went through this same thing, but I did. Even as a high school student, I was working at Old Navy and I was a denim specialist. So yeah, I specialized in pants, (laughs) but I myself could not find a pair of pants that fit me right to save my life. That's why I was so excited to sit down and chat with today's guest, Carrie Blair. She's a professional stylist who has such a unique eye-opening approach when it comes to finding the right clothing. As someone who used to struggle with shopping addiction, this is a huge area of interest for me because I still love my clothes and finding that balance between just buying whatever we see versus truly owning things that we love. Um, And that's kind of what we dive into today during our talk. So if you've ever had the struggle to find the right pair of jeans, or you're one of those people who just feels like buying clothes can be so overwhelming and you don't really know what your style is, this episode is going to be all the things you need to hear. Hi, Carrie. Hi. How are you doing? I'm awesome. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, thank you so much for joining me um, today. I'm really excited to be able to sit down and chat with you. I think uh, we both have a lot of things kind of see a lot of things very similarly. And I know people are going to get so much just from hearing you talk today. But for anyone who maybe hasn't heard of you yet, do you want to give us a quick breakdown of who you are, what you do and how you got here? Sure, sure. Um, So I'm Carrie Blair, and I own a business called The Style Studio. And I've been a personal stylist and owned a firm for over 20 years now, if you can believe that. And uh, primarily, we work with CEOs and executives and celebrity type people. And about a year and a half ago, I decided I wanted this to be available to everyone. So uh, my team and I are taking it out And um, we designed a way to impact every woman's life, which is so awesome. So, and that's my mission is to have women feel gorgeous and beautiful about themselves every day. So that's kind of what I do. And yeah, and it's my passion. I'll give you one thing that um, I'm also a mom. So I have an 11 year old. And the thing that drives me crazy in life is when other moms apologize for how they look, you know, they show up and it's not just moms, it's women. You show up and you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. 
I ran out of the house earlier. Oh my gosh, I, I was a mess today. So my theory is like, what if women didn't have to do that? What if you didn't have to apologize for how you look? What if you loved the way you looked every day? And all I think it's simple. I don't think it's as hard as we make it. And um, so that's what I'm all about is helping women do it with ease. Oh, that sounds absolutely amazing. And you're so right. Just the apologizing for anything is getting getting kind of tiring, uh, but especially, you know, the way we look. And so I'm, my first thought is what kind of started to ignite that desire for you? Like, I really want to see women feeling confident in who they are and how they look. Well, it started when I started my business 21 years ago. So I was in the corporate world and I would get burned out. So I would take breaks and I would go work at Nordstrom for a little bit. And then I'd go back into the corporate world. And then I would take a break and go work at Neiman Marcus for a little bit. And I used to also lead transformational programs to thousands of people. Um, So I knew kind of like how the human mind worked. And all of a sudden, one day I had this epiphany with all of my experience. And I went, oh my gosh, if people weren't tugging at their clothes, if they weren't worried about how they looked, imagine what they would accomplish in life. Imagine. Because we would have people of all sizes, all lifestyles, all income levels come in and try on clothes and they were looking for a feeling and most of the time they wouldn't get it, right? So that's when I took a step back and I went, wait, I could design a process knowing people like I know them where people could design their image and love the way that they look every day. So that's what I did. That's amazing. And I love that so much because this is something I've shared before on, on the podcast. Um, but I talk a lot about my minimalist journey and how it actually started was me going into my closet and going, okay, what makes me feel most, what, what are the things that I want to wear every day? What are yeah. the things that I'm always reaching for? Uh, and so I'm curious what you think, cause I had a lot of clothes that maybe looked good on me, but were maybe the things where I was still tugging and yeah. dressed that way because it looked nice to other people, but it didn't mm-hmm. quite feel like me. So I still didn't feel the confidence in that. Yeah. Is that something that you see or is that just totally Oh crazy? my gosh, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. I mean, most people wear 20% of what's in their closets, but yet they're threatened to get rid of the 80% because what, what then? What if I need it one day? And it's crazy because you don't feel good in those things anyways, or you haven't wore them in five years. So you have to be willing to let go of the old to bring in the new. And um, yeah, so maybe the things still fit. I hear that a lot, right? So sometimes women's bodies don't change a lot. And they're like, oh, I've had that since college. Oh, well, you're not the same person you were in college. So to wear something from back then is kind of dishonoring yourself because as, especially as women, I feel like we change at a rapid rate in life, right? So we go to college or don't, we go into the job market, we get in relationships, we get a spouse, we divorce the spouse or we don't divorce the spouse and we grow in our career, we become moms, we then eventually go through menopause. I mean, we change so much in life that if you're not changing your wardrobe to reflect who you are, then you're staying stagnant. So one thing I love to do with people is look to see what do you want your first impression to be? What do you want your brand to be? And I don't care if you're a mom or if you're a CEO, it's equally as important And then go in your closet and see what matches that brand or most likely it's probably nothing. And then you have to start over, but you don't need a huge wardrobe um, to feel great great about yourself. Okay. I have like 800 questions. (laughs) I know. (laughs) That's so amazing. I'm just hoping I can remember them all, but I have to Mm -hmm. say that I love what you said about not being the same person we were in college, because I think sometimes people can see that as a brand of honor or shame. 
if we don't fit into the clothes we wore 10, 25, two years ago, you know, especially yeah. if those were smaller clothes. And something yeah. I've always said is you don't want to be that woman. I hope you don't. I hope you've grown and changed and, you know, you're stepping into a whole new version of you. Uh, yeah. So I love that you emphasize that. I think that's amazing. Yeah. I think they're not trying to go back to being that woman. I think they're going back to being that size. Right. So I have a tip. So here's my tip is that if you keep clothes in your closet that don't fit you, then let's say you gained a few pounds or a lot of pounds. Who cares? No judgment. A lot of people did during the pandemic, right? So let's say you're someone who gained weight and then you walk into your closet every day and you see these clothes that don't fit you. What are you saying to yourself? You're saying, I'm fat. I can't believe I can't take this weight off. You're having negative self-talk and it's life is hard enough without punishing yourself, right? Right. So my advice is get rid of things that don't fit you. And some people say, but you don't know how much I spent on that. Okay, fine. Put it in a different closet. Don't allow yourself to see it. So we all have coat closets where you can hide things or, or even put it in a bin underneath your bed, out of sight, out of mind. Because you want that first engagement. I mean, it's one of the first things we do in the morning is go into our closet. You want to come out feeling amazing. So if there's anything like those skinny jeans that one day you hope to fit into or those outfits, get rid of them or put them someplace you can't see them. So anything that you see fits you, you feel amazing in it, you love it, it lights you up. Yeah, oh, I love that. And so... Something I hear a lot from people and I'm wondering what your thoughts are on it is they'll say, well, I don't want to get rid of the smaller clothes because they feel like that's confirming. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I am the size that I am then that, you know, it becomes a little bit more solidified. Yeah. Which is why I say, if that's you put it in a different closet. So you're not looking at it because any, anytime you look at it, you're giving yourself bad messaging and then you punish your body and it does the opposite effect. The other thing I work with people on is when you take the weight off, so let's say you gained 10 pounds and when you lose those 10 pounds, you think you're gonna wanna wear those old clothes? No, you're going to love your new body and you're going to be running to the store to buy something that makes you look gorgeous in your new body, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. We all so think we will, but we definitely will. <laughs> Yeah, but we definitely will. So um, so if you're someone who's like, but I love that dress and I will fit into it again, no problem, just put it away. Just don't do that to yourself. We punish our bodies. If I can just go off on this tangent for a minute, we punish our bodies so much as women. And then we don't understand why we don't have a good relationship with it, which is crazy. So if you talk to your best friend, the way that you talk to your body, they will not be your best friend very long, right? Right. They're going to be like, peace out. I, I don't need this in my life. Um, but yet you think that it's okay to do it to your body every day. And then you don't realize why your body isn't happy and it's not, not giving back to you what you want. So the biggest thing that you can do, which I'm a huge advocate of, it's loving your body. There's so much to appreciate about this vehicle that you've been given to live this life, right? That, you know, you could look and appreciate like, oh, this stomach isn't everything I've ever wanted it to be, right? It is not as flat as I want it or whatever, except for it. this stomach carried my daughter. That's like unbelievable. This stomach digests my food. Without this stomach, I can't live. So I can look for what I can I appreciate about it and take the drama off of that it should be perfect. And then you'll have more joy in life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it is, it's such a huge thing. And I love seeing kind of some shifts happen where, you know, we're more and more learning that it's okay to accept and be okay with especially yeah, the mom stomachs, the stretch right. marks. That was my biggest struggle. Cause I was a young mom, like 23 yeah, and yeah. all my friends were still rocking bikinis 
and no stretch oh. mark stomachs. <laughs> to finally be at this place now where I'm getting closer to 40 and feel so confident, maybe not still showing off my stomach, but to love my body truly. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, I think it's also about changing our old perspectives. Like, why do you need to show off your stomach? Right. Because there's plenty of amazing swimsuits out there that will enhance your figure instead of like pointing out what you don't love. And when you wear those things, you feel better and more confident and have more joy that day. So so I think we also need to get rid of like what we should be wearing because other people are. Because I think right. that happens a ton, especially with trends, right? Yeah, so that's my another question that I kind of had for you because something uh, I'm also open about is that I was kind of, I had a major shopping addiction. Okay. It was like, I always wanted to maybe rebrand myself or just use clothes as like a cover up. Mm -hmm. uh, so how do you kind of, tell people, you know, how do you explain to them, like finding those clothes that make you feel confident, but not always looking to clothes to make you feel better. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, that's so deep, right? So that goes into spirituality, which I love because if you are at peace with yourself and you love yourself, then you don't need the next fix right? You don't need like the newest bag. You don't need whatever. I was just in Europe and I found this like unbelievable, gorgeous Fendi bag. And I'm like, oh, I have to have it. I love it so much. And then I, I walked away and I'm like, uh, they have it online. So if I change my mind, when I get back to the States, I can always have it shipped. Yeah. It's more expensive, but who cares? And then when I got back to the States, I looked to see why I wanted it. Like I have great handbags that I don't even carry all the time. Why, why do I want that one? And then I ended up never buying it because I realized I didn't really want that. Just because you think something's beautiful doesn't mean you have to own it. You can appreciate its beauty, right? Yeah. Eckhart Tolle talks about that all the time. Like you could go window shopping and love things. You can even try them on and feel beautiful in them. But that doesn't mean that you need to own them and possess them. And then another thing is, is that if you have a wardrobe that you absolutely love and that makes you feel confident, you don't need to keep searching for more because you already love it and feel confident. So then you can get on to the more important things in life. Right? right. So absolutely normally when people do have shopping addictions, I'm not putting this on you, by the way, because it may not fit. But normally what I find when people have shopping addictions, it really is to feel a, fill a void inside or they don't love what they currently have. So they're continuously trying to find something that they love and missing the mark. Yeah, no, absolutely. I definitely know it. Even now I can see when I have a bad day, my first thought is like, well, I need new clothes. Like I think for some reason, that's just the first thing I think I need to do. Uh, and the balance that I've had to find for myself was trying to slow my shopping addiction and know like I needed to get that under control. But then I got to this point where, like you're saying, I was becoming a new person in my life. Yeah. Uh, but I was afraid to buy clothes because I didn't ever want to kind of go back to that place, but to go this, my closet no longer feels like me and I want to find me. Yeah. So can we talk about this deeper for a minute? Oh, if you're ready for it, go for it. <laughs> I am ready. Okay. So everything about how we dress and clothing specifically is all from the past. So where did it start for you with your um, shopping addiction? Or when did you start like needing new clothes? When did that happen? Yeah, I really think um, I've kind of thought back on this and tried to work mm -hmm. my way through it for the year through over the years. And I had a really tough go of life beginning of high school and of middle school, like life was just really difficult. Yeah. But my grandma would buy me she would take me shopping and that was our connection. So I not only got that connection with my grandma, but then um, in school, people would go, Oh, my gosh, you you never repeat outfits. And I never really thought about it, but then it became like a mission, like, oh my gosh, I have to be that person who never repeats outfits. 
I think I was not only getting connection, but I was getting attention at school, you know, from people being recognizing that. And then it just became almost something like, if I keep buying and stick with this, if that's my thing, (laughs) I don't have to focus on anything else underneath. You know, I don't have to pay attention to anything else happening because I'm always keeping myself busy and changing, if that makes sense. It does. And what was your grandma trying to help you fix through buying you new clothes? That was, that was just our time together. That was kind of her thing. She was always a shopper. So she just loved taking me. Okay. Do you think that on some level she was trying to heal your stress or your high school challenge? She might've been trying to heal her own. (laughs) I mean, okay, great. So that's another thing is that our habits sometimes come from people in our lives, right? It's no different than someone who's raised with parents that only shop at thrift stores. Then they grow up to be people that only shop at thrift stores, right? It's just what we see modeled for us is what we become unless we do the deep work. But so it sounds like your grandmother loved to shop and no problem in that, right? And then you took that on, like it became joyful. But then it be- also add in the like, we love to get compliments, mm-hmm. right? And so probably yeah. at, on some level, there was this like, in order to be popular or well-liked, you couldn't repeat an outfit. Like that became your signature sauce. Yeah, right. Right? And then it becomes a habit and then you just go through life with this habit. Yeah. And then, so you were saying that sometimes you go back to it from time to time. Well, that's only because it's a habit like anything else. If you're going to try to, you know, kind of like alcoholics, bad example, but it's kind of like alcoholics. They're always going to be an alcoholic. Right. They just choose that day not to drink alcohol. Right. So, so there's nothing wrong with you. You just got a habit called wanting to spend money on clothes or shopping to fill a void. And, and you can stop in the moment that you're doing it and notice like, do I actually need that? Or do I just want to um, do it to fulfill something? I think that's part of what's great about my job is that um, my husband laughs because every time he looks at me, even if I'm home, I'm on my computer buying stuff. And he's like, what are you buying now? I'm like, it's for a client because I can spend, I can fulfill my, you know, shopping passion through other people. It doesn't have to be for me. In fact, sometimes I'm spending so much and looking at so many clothes for everyone else that when I need something, there's nothing I can find that I want because I've already seen it on everybody. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I can only imagine. I feel like uh, when you have that passion and that love behind what you do, where you really want to find good clothes for a client, it almost would have heightened the shopping experience, you know, versus shopping for yourself. You're working to create something great for someone else. It's so much better for me. Yes. Yeah. I love it. It's kind of, it's kind of like that quote, like the cobbler's kids have no shoes. Like at the end of the day, I still want to feel great and look great. And if I wear clothes on repeat, I don't care as long as my clients are happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then like, you know, but I probably buy more than most because I see things ongoingly. Oh, right. (laughs) That makes sense. Right. You're always in the space. So I'm always in the space, (laughs) but I always purge too. Yeah. Always kind of keep things. Because that's important. Yeah. So that's where I, um, I kind of wonder how you create that balance. Like, when, like, I know we talked about sometimes people are afraid to get rid of things or people are afraid to buy new things. Um, but I know a lot of times people just kind of bring stuff in trying to find that stuff to feel good. Like you're saying your goal is to help people feel good. And so I know I've been through, I know I've heard from other people who they buy all of the things, uh, but never really end up feeling comfortable in them. So how do you help people find the clothes that are going to feel good. You know what I mean? So we're not just bringing stuff in. I do. So we can actually get answers and find what works. So I have been doing this for a very, very long time. 
So we've kind of mastered the system that we work with our clients on. So step one is we really create their first impression or their brand. So another way to say this is, um, and I recommend people sit down and really think through this, but think of like three to five adjectives that best describe who you are on the inside. Because our goal is to have the essence of who you are on the inside shine through to the outside. And our, and our vehicle for that is clothes, right? So that's the first step is figuring out who are you and then having your wardrobe match who you are. So if, if, if who you are on the inside matches the outside, you feel more confident. So that's the first step. Second step is know your body, right? So you, yes, there's learn to love your body, but also learn to know what you don't love now and what you do love, because you can camouflage what you don't love and accentuate what you do love. And then that will have you look better in clothes. Then um, knowing what colors work best for you. So there's like this whole process and colors have a different vibration. So you want to make sure that um, you're using the right color for the right style for the right brand. So it goes pretty deep in our world. Um, and then being willing to let go of things in your closet because you can't, um, sometimes people will say to me, well, can't you just buy me new clothes without going through my closet? I can't because then you're not really recreating your brand. You're just putting icing on mud, right? Like, yeah, you'll have some new outfits, but it won't, change your life. And that's what we're about is really transforming people's lives through how they look. Um, and then knowing where to shop. So I think a lot of women go wrong because they're shopping where their friends shop. They're um, listening to their friend's opinion about how they look or the salesperson's opinion about how they look. They're not going within to see how they feel. Right. I mean, yes. how many times, I think everybody falls victim of this. How many times do you put something on and the person at the store or your friend that you're shopping with or whoever says, oh my gosh, you look amazing in that, but you don't quite feel great and you buy it anyways. And then you wonder why you never wear it. Well, it's more important what you think. So when we work with clients, we don't let them bring anybody from their life here. So it's a very intimate experience and they have to love it. If they don't love it, then they shouldn't get it because they'll never end up wearing it. So staying true to that as well. Um, in fact, when I buy clothes for myself, I have like a valet rod in my closet where I can put clothes. And if I don't want to wear it within a week, I know I just need to return it. Oh, I love that. Unless it's like some special occasion dress that I think I'll wear in the future. But typically... If I don't want to wear it in the first week, it's not for me because, you know, when you're excited about new clothes, you want to wear them right away. Right. So that's my like hard, fast rule. I didn't wear it in a week. It goes back because otherwise I spend money and then it sits there in my closet with tags on and it's a waste, which a lot of people do. After our family downsized our house, we started working to pay off debt and build an actual savings. Because for decades, I would transfer $100 to our savings account, but then I would end up transferring it right back to our checking when we had overspent. So when we downsized, I decided to get serious about saving money for things like emergencies and for fun things like travel. The first thing I did was open a high-yield savings account that was separate from our current checking account. That way, it wouldn't be as easy for me to just pull money out whenever I felt like I needed it. And I knew it would force me to take my spending and my saving a lot more seriously. So if you are in a similar boat and are hoping to up your game when it comes to saving money, one of the absolute best accounts to get started is called Savings Connect. This is a savings account that pays close to 5% when you set an automatic savings deposit of just $100 per month. This is 11 times the national average, which means if you use a current savings account that's attached to your checking, there's a good chance you are not making nearly enough money. So if you're at a place in life where you're committed to changing your financial future and you actually want to start getting some money in the bank, you can get started with a Savings Connect account for as little as $100. Just head to ReneeBennis.com 
forward slash save to learn more. And I will fill you in on all of the details. That's reneebennis.com forward slash save to learn more. That's a really good idea. And that's um, not, I hope I'm not interrupting. No, go ahead. But I, I did a really weird thing. I feel like where, like I said, when I went into my closet and tried to find what felt most like me, because if I bought something, I have like, I forced myself to wear it because I bought it. Mm. You know, it would be like, well, I, I bought that. I have to wear that. I can't wear this shirt that I really want to wear. I, I felt obligated to my purchases. So yeah. I like the idea of giving yourself that permission to like, if you don't feel amazing when you put it on, you yeah. can return it. It's fine. <laughs> do you know, I tried doing that to my daughter and it's the worst thing we could do to anyone. So I buy my daughter clothes and then she doesn't wear them. And I'm like, you have to wear that because I paid good money for that. And she's like, but it doesn't make me feel good. And aren't you about women feeling good? I'm like, touche, touche. Not when it's so, my money. <laughs> exactly. So, um, but the other thing that I do and I recommend that clients do is, so there's the day that you purchase it, do you love it, right? But then you try it on in your house. Do you love it? And then you go to wear it. Do you love it? So before I even wash my daughter's clothes now, I ask her, I have her try them on two or three times and tell me she loves it. And typically the second time, a lot of it gets cut. She's like, no, I actually don't love it. I thought I did, but I don't. And sometimes it's different lighting. Sometimes it's your different mood. So I'm not saying like one and done. It could be a couple days in a row that you're like, oh yeah, I don't love that. That's not me. I was trying something new that day. Yeah. Because if you can really love how you look every day, it, it's life-changing. Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, they always say like, uh, I always grew up hearing the dress for the role you want, you not know, the role you have, not the role you have. Yep. Um, but I think something I think I did, like I was sharing was I dressed for like you, and you said people dress for everyone else. Yeah. Kind of like dressing for what you think that role looks like rather than, Who you, you know, are. yourself. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's so huge. And so yeah. amazing. So also though, how do you get people, have you ever had a client who is trying to think of their adjectives, trying to think of who they are on the inside and just kind of comes up blank? Yes. It's the hardest question I ask people. And sometimes they cry. <laughs> it happens often. Um, because we never think about ourselves that way. Like, who am I on the inside that I really want people to know about? So here's some other questions I ask to really tease that out. What are, so what are your top three or five qualities or how do you want to be perceived? Um, and it's not things like put together, like that, that might be fine to look put together but that's not who you are on the inside. Like nobody's put together. We're all, <laughs> we're all a crazy mess inside, right? I'm glad we're agreed on that. <laughs> right? So it's more like you're um, caring, you're funny, you're, I don't know, um, successful. You want people to get like, hey, I'm successful. I'm confident, whatever those adjectives are. And if you still can't think of one, let alone three to five, uh, the next question I ask is, what would your best friend say about you? Or what would your spouse say about you on a good day? Yeah. <laughs> right? On a really good day. The best what version of you. About, right? What's the best parts of you? And that's who you really are. Right? It's not the complaints you have. It's not, you know, the downfalls you've had. It's like on the inside, you really care about people or you really are easy to be with or you really are confident or you know so that's how I I hope that helps does that help yeah absolutely I just I come across so many people and done so much self-discovery on my own the yeah. more that I've done to learn and understand myself the more I see that a lot of people haven't done that and yeah don't understand that part of themselves. So I was genuinely wondering if that was an issue. Um, and what I'm hearing from you, which I think is so cool because I think 
a lot of times people could, you know, hear like you're a stylist and they think you're, you know, they maybe have this preconceived idea, but in reality, it can be such an amazing tool for self-discovery uh, and oh confidence building. It's, um, I know when people hear that I'm a stylist, uh, they do a couple things. They, um, first of all, apologize for how they look. <laughs> Oh gosh. Yeah, that makes sense. But they're worried about how they look. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're a stylist and this is what I wore today. I don't care what you have on. So that's the first thing. I don't care. It's you should care, right? You should love the way you look. I I only care if you care and you need my help. That's when I care. Um, and then the second thing is they think it's superficial. They think this conversation is superficial. And I have done so much transformational work and spiritual work. This is not a uh, surfacey one bit. Now, it can be, right? You could go to a store and someone could put clothes on you. And that's a superficial thing to do. We all need to do it. We all need clothes on us, Right. Um, but the work that we do with our clients and with our online course is very transformational. It will change the way you feel about yourself. It will change the way you feel about your body. It will change the way you walk. It will change the way you smile and show up for people. I mean, we have clients that will triple their income in three months. We have clients that will meet the love of their life in six months, like life-changing alterations. So this is not superficial one bit. It is very, very deep work and important work and is life-changing. I always say, because we have a, we have a course that's six weeks long and I always say, give me six weeks and I'll transform your life. That is so amazing. Um, I I love that. That's because you're right. I, I think there can be that really shallow surface idea, um, of images, but I mean, I, I know personally, and I think a lot of us can relate to that fact that when we're wearing something that makes us feel good, we start to act differently. Like I feel like my chest pick up, my shoulders go back. I breathe easier. I'm Mm. more outgoing and happy or whatever. Right. And no one considers that. It's so funny. I just worked with a guy recently and, um, he came back after we worked together and I was like, okay, tell me what's the feedback you've been getting, what's happening in your life. And he said, everyone I see thinks I'm a different person. Like they can't even believe how amazing I look. But he said, you know, the most important thing. And I was like, what? And he said, it makes me want to be a better person. Like how I look now makes me want to be a better human being. And that's, awesome. Like that's the life changing difference of dressing good. Cause when you feel better about yourself, it does change your relationship with other people. Yeah. Cause, cause beauty inspires, right? I mean, that's why we're drawn for vacations or that's why we love beautiful pictures or beauty inspires us. Well, it's the same with us as human beings. We're attracted to people who look beautiful right? Because they shine in a way that other people might not. And you can tell they have self-love because they had to put something into looking beautiful. For the most part, there are people with, you know, those unbelievable, they're just beautiful out of the bed. I don't know many of them, but I'm (laughs) sure they exist, right? But, um, and there's so many studies out there that also say that the people, you know, Harvard did a study many years ago that people that put in the effort and they they look the part will get the job, the promotion, the whatever, 95% faster than the other person, even though they're equally as smart, equally as talented. The person who looks more put together and more attractive is always going to get ahead. And then there's just people that get resentful about that. And I'm like, why are you getting resentful? It's just a fact. So do something about it. Because, and, and let me just say this, those people that are choosing the attractive person are not trying to be superficial, right? So you have less than three seconds. I think right now it's like a minute, a second and a half to make a great first impression. It's so quick and nobody's trying to judge you. 
It's just our society is so fast paced right now. I mean, we have like so much coming at us. We have to make split second decisions. And um, so one of the things we're making a split second decision on is if we want to get to know you, if we like you, if we trust you, if we think you're, I don't know, available, if we think you're vulnerable, whatever. And then we decide to either be, you know, come into your stratosphere or not. Yeah. So I, I totally hear you on that. And I think something I know I hear from so many people, and I feel this myself too, is sometimes that, especially as women, I mean, it it can feel like I have been putting in effort (laughs) every day since forever and ever, like just since the day I was born, it felt like just this constant effort. And I think uh, I know so many specifically women who get tired of putting in that effort. Yeah. You know, so I feel like I know there's a difference between the effort for, I want other people to like me and the effort for myself. Yeah. Do you, so how do you kind of help walk people through that? Or is that what you do? Because, you know, going into a job interview and thinking the person who looks more attractive is going to get more attention. I can, I just feel like I can hear so many women going, okay, well then that's not me. That's not going to happen for me. Or I don't want to put in all of that time. Do you know what I mean? How yeah. do you kind of co- combat that? With what people? is that phrase that everyone says? Energy flows where your attention goes, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's with anything. If I don't feel like putting effort into my business, it's not going to grow. If I don't put effort into my child, she's not going to grow. Our relationship won't grow. If I don't put effort into my marriage, it's not going to be successful. So how is my relationship with myself and putting effort in any different? See, I think we have a problem as women, especially in America, where we will spend all the time, all the money in the world on everyone around us, right? Our kid, come on, our kids, our spouses, our friends, our family, everyone comes first. And then we get the little leftover crumbs. But that doesn't, that does everyone in our life a huge disservice, which again is why I started this business. Because if you can fill up your cup first, you have so much more to give everyone else, right? There's a reason that when you're on an airplane with your kid, they say, put your oxygen mask on first and then put everyone else, then help everybody else. But as women, we don't do that. We make sure everybody else's oxygen masks are first and then we work on ourselves. It should be the opposite because if you, and it doesn't have to be some long drawn out process. I mean, some women I know, um, how they go from an average day to an extraordinary day is by putting on lipstick. That's a, that's a, that's a change, right? Or they put on accessories. So they have the same outfit on, but these accessories made them like light up and they feel better or they curled their hair that day. They spent 10 minutes. So whether you have to wake up 10 minutes earlier, which you would do if it was important to you, right? If your kid needed you to wake up 10 minutes earlier to get to school, would you do it? Yes. You wouldn't even be upset about it. You'd be like, okay, I'll take you to school 10 minutes earlier. So I think with women, it's self-care is so important. And I consider this self-care. And if you can put yourself first and even spend 10 extra minutes, it will change your life and it will change everything. I love that. Uh, Because, you know, I think a lot of times we think of effort as just like one more thing to our to-do list or add it onto our plate. And you're right. So many of us put it, put ourselves at the very very, 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 very end. Even like after strangers, like I, I put, we put strangers Agreed. before we put ourselves. Yeah. Uh, you know, what's interesting. I'll tell you this quick story. Um, for years, I was listening to different podcasts and reading books. And these um, women would always say like, oh, how I'm successful in life is I wake up at four o'clock in the morning and I journal and I do myself. I'm sure you've heard those people, right? Oh, yeah. And I was always annoyed with them. Like their message overall was great, but I was always like, I am never going to be that woman. 
I'm never going to wake up at 4 a.m. to journal or take care of myself. Like that is not something you will ever find me doing. So after resisting it for about six months, I started going, well, what could I do? What am I willing to do to take care of myself? Because if I wake up at the exact same time my husband does and my daughter does, my day's over, right? I have no time for myself. I'm like struggling to get ahead. So what I decided to do, uh, my family wakes up at 6.30. So I was like, I can commit to waking up at six. I can wake up at six, meditate for a half an hour, wake my daughter up, then start our day. And I just spent a half an hour taking care of myself. So for other people, it may be journaling, maybe it's going for a walk, whatever it is, I could commit to 30 minutes, right? So that's why I say, see if you can commit to 10 to change. See if you can commit to 30. See see what works for you and your life because that 30 minutes a day has completely transformed my life. So I think I've been doing it now for four years and my life is nothing like it was. And I'm a way better mom, a better spouse. I'm happier in the morning, right? But I could, but if I kept resisting how I thought it needed to look like 4 a.m. or 4.30, it would have never happened. So see what you can do. That's such a fantastic way of putting it because I um, bought into all of that stuff for a good year or so. And I did find that I liked waking up earlier. Uh, I really did, like you said, even just a half an hour though. But of course I was trying to do way more. I was trying to do the 5 a.m. wake up thing. And I, it wasn't sustainable. I got burnt out from it, but right. having that morning to myself is so huge. And like you said, just the, I love the idea that putting in a little extra effort for ourselves doesn't have to be killing ourselves. It can be no. a half an hour in the morning, lipstick and hair curled for sure. I relate to that so much or quick shower. Like those right. two things can take me from a zero to at least an eight and a half, you know, <laughs> and right? I can get myself the rest of the way there. <laughs> and I think the other thing that we do damage to ourselves as women is compare because you were comparing yourself to these women, which had you wake up at five. And then, so, and I think a lot of women are doing this because of this, and I'm going to call it poor messaging. Yeah. Is that it's doing the opposite of what it was intended to do. Their message was meant to empower you to take care of yourself. But their message was so rigid that it had people put themselves in a box and to be perfect, which is crap. So that's why I resisted it and stopped listening to those women. I love that you did. That's amazing. (laughs) I totally did. Because I'm like, I don't, if that's, if you think the only way for me to have a successful life is to wake up that early. I can no longer listen to you because that is not the truth about my life. Well, right. And that doesn't sound like success for me. And it disempowers me, right? Like success for me is 30 minutes. Success for someone else might be 10. Success might be like taking a walk in the middle of the day. Success might be putting lipstick on. I don't care what it is. Just compare yourself to you. Be a better person today than you were yesterday. Put in a little more effort today than you did yesterday and live your best life. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's so fun. I, I feel like I was actually just thinking that the other morning, because I have journals, I've gotten in the habit of buying journals and was always trying to journal the way they told me to. And it was largely because I didn't trust myself. You know, it was like, well, these women know what to do the right way. Yeah. And now I journal just when I have thoughts. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I write them down. (laughs) I love that you said that because, oh, I know these women have great intentions. But if they only knew the box they put us in, right? Because what I've been realizing recently is, and I just turned 51. So being in my 50s, it's like I'm done listening to what other people think about my life and how to live a great life. Like I get it for you, it's journaling. I don't mean you, I mean these other women. For you, it's waking up at 4 a.m. and journaling. For me, it's meditating and like positive self-talk and being present in every moment. It's different for everybody. 
But the most important thing is don't go around telling people that your way is the way because it's not. And the best thing we could do as women and as human beings is listen to ourselves and our God and our source and ourselves because there is no one size fits all and you have to find what works for you. And it may be completely different than anyone else on the planet, but it makes your life work. So do that. That's so true. And I, since I know we both, uh, you know, I have the courses that I've created and you've got a course that you talk about something that I struggled with figuring out, especially when I was kind of going through that shift for myself was how do you give people the steps? So for you, how do you give people those steps to dress in an empowering way? You give them the steps, the formula that you found that works while also saying, but find your own way. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) So I don't say find your own way with the formula because the formula works, but my formula isn't rigid. Yeah. So my formula is more like um, create your first impression. That is important. Any company has the brand and you choose fonts, you choose colors, you choose all of that. That's just, that's just what works, right? So you're choosing your own brand. And then the way I talk about in the course your relationship with your body are just potential steps to do that may empower you. You may come up with something. It may trigger you to think of your body in a new way and do something totally different. I don't care. My whole thing is like, I want this to spark something in you to find your thing. So also in the course, I tell you how to go through your closet because I I know that it's worked for many, 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 many people. But if you found a different way that works for you, then do that. The point is that you get to the end result, which is you transform your relationship with your wardrobe and your look and you uh, bring the essence of who you are on the inside out. So I'm not rigid. It's more like these are the steps that most people that we have found success with. And if you deviate a little bit, that doesn't mean you're not going to reach this the right outcome. So I think it's in, I think it's in messaging, but more important, I think it's in your being. So my being is never rigid. Sounds like, like guidance, you know, guidance rather than have to, or like you said, a a rigid. Right. But there are things like you don't want to go shopping before you clean out your closet that you can, but I don't recommend it. That's not a good natural step. Right. Right. So we have recommendations and ultimately you can do whatever you want. That's so, that's so great to hear. It's just funny how, uh, that was a, that was a struggle for me because so often I felt like I couldn't give anybody the steps that worked for me because I'm like, well, that won't work for them necessarily. Uh, and to find that kind of balance is, teaching and encouraging and giving that structure while also allowing people to know that you, you're the guider, you're not the end all be all to the answers. Yeah. And I think for me also, you know, I bought courses and I hired coaches and I did all the things that you're supposed to do when you go to an online model and, and I felt um, super constrained and trapped and ended up failing my first launch because of it. And I was like beating myself up. Like I did every single thing they told me to do. I didn't do the thing I know to do, which is trust myself and listen to my inner guidance. Because if I'm listening to my inner guidance, I can't go wrong. Right? Yeah. I just want to freak out right now because everything you're saying, I relate to so deeply. Yeah. Um, it, it's such a tough balance to strike, to want the information, um, but also to, to still keep that, tr- that self-trust, that knowing of we can, we can trust who we are and what we say rather than maybe the experts, you know, we yeah. think the experts have the answers. That's yeah. And they're not bad. They're helping right, they right. Have systems that have helped other people. But at the end of the day, I was overriding my thoughts because of their systems and, and dreading it and upset and like, it didn't feel good. And now I'm to the point where I'm like, if it doesn't feel good, I'm not doing it. 
it's not meant for me if it doesn't feel good. It is not the right path for me, which is, you know, whenever I meet with potential clients or people are considering doing my course, I, I am not attached if people work with me or if they do my course. I am like, if it feels good, do it. But if you have a little hesitation, don't do it. Maybe it'll feel good a year from now. And I do. I Sometimes I'll meet with clients and they don't, something doesn't feel right or they can't afford it or what have you. They'll call me three years from now and decide to hire me. Like it now feels good. Okay, great. But it that's, has to feel good and trust yourself. And that's so wonderful to have, um, not, not only for yourself and your business, but for clients to feel that kind of trust that you're not going to like rope them in and convince them or give them like the car salesman pitch or anything right. like that. I love Or that. even sometimes I'm dressing a client and I love what they have on. Like I am like dying about how much I love how they look. And then I look and I'm like, oh, they don't feel it the way I feel it. And they're like, mm, no. And I'm like, well, then take it off because I, if I love it so much, I should buy it for me. Like, <laughs> right. why, why would you wear something because I love it that much? It doesn't matter. You're not going to feel great every day. So don't do it. Yeah. And that's like a hard, fast rule that I have. Like, I don't care what anybody says, what anybody tells you. Like, if you don't truly love how you feel and how you look, don't do it. Oh, absolutely. And so you said the more you've kind of done if it doesn't feel fun, I'm not going to, to do it. That was, that's something I've worked and applied in my life as well. And I'm just curious as to, did you struggle with that at all? Because I, I don't know if a lot of us kind of have that upbringing of thinking, you know, things can't feel fun or things can't feel easy. Like things have to be a struggle. They have to be difficult. And you have uh, to follow through. Yeah. Was it tough for yeah. you to trust what yes. feels good? What feels fun? Yeah, it's been a long journey. <laughs> being in, I don't, something like kind of clicked for me turning 50 because I realized life is short. So especially I think about, you know, the typical retirement age is 60, right? For whatever that's worth. And the minute I turned 50, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have 10 years left. Like, what am I going to do with my life? So that's the first thing is that I want my life to matter. Um, and most people don't have that urgency. And the other thing, this might sound morbid, but the other thing I've been getting present to is we are going to die. Some sooner than others. So what am I going to have today be about since I'm going to die? Right? It's sort of like the live like you're dying. Like, I, I have fewer years, potentially, statistically, I have fewer years ahead of me than I have behind me, right? So what am I going to do with each day? Am I going to care what other people think about me? Am I going to do things to please others? Or am I going to live my truest self? And so those two things have really, really changed my life and changed my thought process and um and noticing when i want to please others or make them happy when it doesn't feel good to me but it is a balance right cuz you know i have an 11 year old sometimes she doesn't like doing her homework or doesn't like math well you got to i can't be like well it doesn't bring you joy so you shouldn't do that <laughs> yeah. If that's the case, I should be homeschooling her or living in a different country, right? <laughs> but uh, no, you have to follow through and do your best with what's in front of you. And if something um, really doesn't feel right to you, don't force yourself to do it. Like she's playing field hockey for the first time. And if she comes home two weeks from now and is like, I am miserable, I hate this, then we're going to look at changing a sport because life's too short for that, right? Yeah. So I think it, it's just a balance and it's where you come from. It's the context that you come from. Yeah, that's so huge. And I love that you kind of give that balance because it can be so tough because there are things we just have to like, I don't want to pay my bills. That doesn't sound fun for me, right. but I'm going to show up. I'm going to do it because also 
I mean, if you think about the opposite, if I don't pay my bills, I really don't want to be dealing with debt collectors or anything. That sure doesn't sound fun. If your daughter doesn't do her homework, she's going to have to deal with the repercussions, which sounds even less fun than having to power through the homework. But there's also Um, coming from gratitude. So I've taken on this practice that every time I write a check or pay a bill, I'm grateful for what I just got for that. And I think that's a powerful exercise to do is like, oh, I can be grateful for all of it. Like I'm, you know, grateful that my electricity is on so that I can talk to you today. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's huge. Cause it's huge. I mean, when our bills are being paid automatically or if we're doing it, yeah, we don't realize it. We don't think about it, what we're actually paying for and that we got something or are getting something from it. Right. That's absolutely amazing. Um, well, thank you so much. I know our time is winding down, but I feel like I could just drag this on for another hour. (laughs) I know Um, it's been so great to be with you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Carrie. Uh, and if anyone wants to continue their journey with you, where are the next steps that, where can they find you? Okay. So on Instagram, the style studio by KB, um, I'm on there a lot. And then the course that we kind of referenced, which is life-changing is your curated style.com. And depending on when this episode comes out, it's on a wait list, but the end of September, we'll be opening it up. And, um, also I have a podcast called style your dreams. Oh, great. Thank you so much. And we'll do our best to get everything linked for you guys in the show notes that you can. Oh, and I have a, I also have something for your listeners. So we've put together, most people struggle with finding the right jeans, most women. And we put together a list of our top four jeans that work on almost any woman's body from a size double zero to a size 28. And I would love to have that be a gift for your listeners. Oh, okay, great. Thank you. I would love to share that. The jean struggle was a real one for me. So I know everyone will really appreciate it. Great, great. Well, it was great to talk to you. Yeah, you too. Hey again. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today on the Unstuffed Podcast. It means so much that you chose to carve out some of your precious time just to hang out with me. If you aren't quite ready for our time to end, head to the show notes where you can grab my free declutter checklist, join my newsletter subscription, and connect with me on some of your favorite social platforms. Sending you so much love. Until next time.